I'd like to say good evening to everyone. My name is Felicia Hamilton and I will be your moderator for this session. Welcome to another class given by the members of the Southfield Michigan class. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh our Elohim and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was founded as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Ewell. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia would prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language had any characters or letters in their alphabet that were produced the sound that is made by the letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim.
This is the word or sign, a super incorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given into salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, holy place and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and constitutional objectives are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh our Elohim as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern, both practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace, and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we will have a prayer by Dr. Dorian Lewis, followed by scripture read by Dr. Brandon Craig, which will be 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Dr. Lewis? Let us all bow our hearts and minds in a moment of prayer unto Yahweh. 
Heavenly Father, Yahweh, we thank you for giving us another opportunity that we might learn of your great purpose, pattern, and plan. We ask Joshua that you will please reveal yourself to us more and give us a more perfect understanding of your universal ever-presence and your purpose, pattern, and plan. We ask Joshua that you make us steadfast in your gospel. Make our, our faith in you strong, Yahshua, that we might endure these times. All these things we ask for in your son's name, Yahshua, the Messiah, let us all say, hallelujah. 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 I'll be reading 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter from the Holy Name Bible, containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by A.B. Trainer. 1 Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of Yahweh so cometh as a thief in the night. Or when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, and that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For Yahweh hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. And we beseech you, brethren, acknowledge them which labor among you and are over you in Yahweh and admonish you, and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, and be patient toward all. See that none render evil for evil unto anyone, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of Yahweh and Yahshua the Messiah concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Do not neglect the prophecies. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very Elohim of peace sanctify you wholly, so that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by Yahweh that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. The grace of our Savior, Yahshua, the Messiah, be with you. That was First Thessalonians, the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Craig, for the scripture and Dr. Lewis for the prayer. Our scripture readers for today's session will be Dr. Lauren Lewis and Dr. Brandon Craig. 
And today we will be focusing on and uh, doing an introduction of the green chart for our first part of the class. And as once the introduction is finished and we call on speakers, we ask that you maybe pick something on the chart that you could speak to um, that goes by the pattern. You don't have to, but you know, if you wanna follow the train of thought, that would be good. And this introduction will be followed in two weeks by uh, a specialized, um, we're going to focus on the cranial nerves, the 12 cranial nerves, and th that will be gone over by Dr. Brandon Craig of our Lansing, Michigan branch. And then every two weeks, we're going to have another speaker speak to some portion of this chart. So keep stay, stay tuned. Um, it's really going to be good because I, I enjoy just learning about it myself. So with that being said, I want to go over um, just a little introduction on the green chart. Um, for all of those that didn't know, the green chart was painted by uh, Dr. Burbank Mitchell. He was really into the sciences um, of the creation and how it went by the pattern. So he actually painted this chart and I believe four to five others with, from talking with other brethren. And I talked to Dr. Gill and Dr. Gill said, Dr. Kinley saw every one of the, every one of the charts that Dr. Mitchell painted and he approved of all of them. So that was actually um, good to know because I didn't know that Dr. Kinley actually saw them and approved of them. And then um, I actually got a letter uh, that Dr. Lionel Van, Van Manjou found where Dr. Kinley said that he did approve of charts. He didn't say which one, but that he did approve of the charts. So because Dr. Kinley approved of it, we know that this chart and the others that Mitch painted were did go by the pattern. Um, the most I got was when this chart was painted was between 67 and 69. Um, on the Hamilton, Ontario class, they have 69 on the bottom of their chart. Um, I, I couldn't get any information from anyone else. Not everyone else didn't really know when it was painted, but they said that sounds that sounded accurate. Now, um, I did get some more information from Dr. Bud Wunch. That's W. U-N-C-H-E. He was the communications and public relations director of the 1971 convention in Beverly Hills. And he said from his memory, he remembers this chart being in another format, but he can't remember when it was. So um, I think this is like the finalized version. And Dr. Walsh was saying that this may be, um, there was a version before this, but we're not really sure because everyone else I talked to doesn't really remember that. So um, that's just a little bit of history. So what we're going to do, I'm going to have uh, readers pick up some some scriptures because I want to talk about, you know, what this, the, we call it the green chart. But as you can see at the top, the name of the chart is the creator image by his creation. And if you notice, when you look at it, creator has Yahweh at the top, which he is the creator. It imaged has Elohim, which Elohim is the image of Yahweh. Elohim, we said of Yahweh, we spoke about that in the moderation. And then you have creation, which Yahshua, the Messiah, is the created creature of Yahweh Elohim. Now we know they're one and the same, it's unity as a spirit, but this actually tells you right within the title of the chart that this is Yahweh Elohim imaged by his creation. And everything on this chart, 
is the creation of Yahweh Elohim. And you'll notice, you'll see the little cloud around here where it shows that everything in here is within the creation. So get for me really quickly, and I'm gonna uh, flip on over to the um, unity of the spirit chart or what we call the name chart, because that chart does show you that Yahweh Elohim is, is spirit. He's the creator. He, this is pure spirit and, and everything has its limits and bounds within Yahweh. Then Yahweh, knowing we couldn't understand him in his pure spirit state, took on shape and form as Yahweh Elohim. That's the, that's the image that you saw in the green chart. That's the image. This is what Yahweh Elohim would show to those he gave a vision to, a vision or revelation as spoken of in the um, moderation. Then you'd come on down to, remember the chart said the creation, that would be Yahshua the Messiah. Well, a physical being that you could touch and handle, that is the created creation of Yahweh in pure spirit and Yahweh Elohim in superincorporal form. So that, this unity of the spirit is explained just in that title right there. And I thought that was awesome when, you know, Yahweh really showed, showed it to me. So much is just in the title. So uh, right now I want to get um, Romans 1, 19 and 20, but I want you to pick up the train of thought, whoever it is, because that is our theme song, because what we're saying is every single thing in this universe, including the universe itself, goes by the divine pattern and it operates within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. And Yahweh gave us this created creation to prove his existence to us, not to himself, but to us. So if the uh, scripture reader would pick up that Romans 1, 19 and 20, but kind of pick up the train of thought. That's Romans 1 and I'll start at 16. Okay. I'll start at 16. Okay. I'll start at nine and if you okay. want to drop down. For Yahweh is my witness, whom I serve with the spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers, making requests if by any means now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of Yahweh to come unto you. For I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. That is that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greek and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Messiah. For it is the power of Yahweh unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of Yahweh revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of Yahweh is revealed from heaven against all unholiness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and supernal nature, 
so that they are without excuse. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. So that's Saul, the apostle Saul, speaking to the Romans. And what he's telling them, and remember, he he was the what they call a, a major apostle, which I don't know where to get that from, but he spoke seven languages, I think maybe even more. And he he grew up, you know, at the feet of, of a famous philosopher. So he knew a lot, but Yahweh had to knock him down and show him that this created creation, everything in it speaks to Yahweh Elohim as he really is and actually exists. So he's telling the Romans, because Yahweh created a creation and you can know him just by looking at the things in the creation, you don't have an excuse not to know Yahweh. That's, that's what Paul is saying. So on this chart, that's what this chart is about. It's showing mostly the makeup of a man his his bones, his spine, his brain, his his nerves, and even the formation of a baby is showing how it all goes by the pattern of Yahweh Elohim. And that's what we're going to talk about in subsequent classes when we go over this green chart. Now, I, I need you to pick up um, Acts 17 and 24, because what we're saying is that Yahweh Elohim himself created every single thing in the universe, including the universe, to show and prove to his creation that he does exist. And it, he's showing and proving his supernal power and nature. And that's what this creation does. That's why you can't exhaust learning about Yahweh because every single thing in the creation speaks to Yahweh. So pick up um, Acts 17 and 24 for me, please. Acts 17 and 24. Mm -hmm. Yahweh that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is ruler of heaven and earth. Okay, so you can stop right there. And because I know it's going to say dwelleth not in temples made with hands, but I wanted the part where it says Yahweh made the heaven and earth and everything in it. So that is why we only give reverence and glory and honor to the creator, not the creation. Now, I'm not speaking to Yahshua the Messiah. I'm speaking to these things in the creation. You know, we don't worship birds. We don't worship cows. We don't worship anything that Yahweh Elohim created. We worship the one who had the power to create them and destroy them. And that's Yahweh Elohim through his son, Yahshua the Messiah. So now let's get, now we talked about that threefold uh, unity of the spirit. Pick up uh, Hebrews 1 and 3, because we're going to talk about Yahshua the Messiah being this, uh, sorry, Yahweh Elohim being the express image of the creator. And I'm going to go back to the, um, the name chart while you get that scripture, please. That's Hebrews 1 and 3. Hebrews 1 and 3, mm -hmm. who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his persons and upholding all things by the word of his power. Mm -hmm. When he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Mm -hmm. So this is Yahshua the Messiah, who, who was the express image of Yahweh Elohim. And we have scriptures on this chart that we're going to look up a couple of them just so we can get the unity of the spirit. Because remember, on this green chart, what we're talking about is the creator, Yahweh, which is his express image is Elohim by his creation, which is Yahshua the Messiah. So pick up, let's pick up a couple of these scriptures so we can talk about, just touch on the unity of the spirit. Pick up, um, looks like Deuteronomy 6 and 4, and let's try Exodus 3 and 14. 
Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Mm-hmm. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh, our Elohim, is one, a unity. So this is what it's saying. This Yahweh Elohim, who Paul talked about saying his supernal nature, the supernal nature of Yahweh is that he's three and one. He starts off in pure spirit state. He took on shape and form right within himself as Yahweh Elohim can only be seen in visions and revelations. Then he manifested in a physical body to his creatures in a concrete form as Joshua the Messiah. But these three are one. They are not separate entities. We often say in this class, you know, I am a daughter, I am a wife, and I am a mother. But I don't go to my husband like I'm his mother. Trust me, that wouldn't go over well. And I don't talk to my kids like they're my spouse. But because those are three different roles that I play, but it's just one person, that's the unity of the spirit of your heavenly father, Yahweh. So now pick up uh, Exodus 3 and 14. Exodus 3 and 14. Mm -hmm. And Elohim said, unto Moses, mm-hmm. Ayah, Asher, Ayah. Mm-hmm. And he said, thus shalt I say unto the children of Israel, I will be, have sent me unto you. Now, the reason it said Elohim and why I'm here is because remember, this is the shape and form that Yahweh appears in when he's given a man a vision. And that was Moses receiving a vision of Yahweh Elohim. So that's why it's Ayah, Asher, Ayah. Yahweh saying, I will be what I will to be. Yahweh wills to be the entire creation. And that's what he did. He created an entire creation. And that's what that green chart is going over in, in, in little bits because it's so much you can't get it all in one chart so pick up uh, let's pick up john 4 and 24 john now remember 4. we're talking about the pure spirit state right here go ahead john 4 and 24 mm-hmm. yahweh is spirit mm-hmm. and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth so when you worship yahweh in spirit and truth you're not looking at the created things of the creation. You're not worshiping men. You're not worshiping birds or animals or anything. You're worshiping the creator because say that again, Brandon. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Therefore, we must worship the creator in spirit and in truth, because when you do that, what you're doing is giving your honor and glory to the creator because he's shown you things in the creation. Now let's move over to this uh, superincorporeal form, which we have labeled as number two. And you'll see that it's Elohim superincorporeal form. So let's pick up um, Exodus 24, nine and 10. That's Exodus 24 and nine. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel, and they saw the Elohim of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone, and as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. So here we have what she just read, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and 70 elders seeing the super and corporeal manifestation of Yahweh, which is Yahweh Elohim. Remember, the moderator said this vision, this form can only be seen in divine visions and revelations. So that's the second part or manifestation of, of Yahweh. So now let's pick up um, Revelations 3.14. And then the next scripture you can get is Matthew 17, 1 and 2. Revelation 3 and 14. Mm-hmm. And unto the messenger of the assembly of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the I am, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of Yahweh. 
Now remember the previous scripture reader read where Yahweh Elohim said, I will be. And that's really who that is in the scripture that Dr. Craig read. It's the faithful and true, it's the I will be, is the one that appeared unto them. Once again, he was talking to them and showing himself in a vision and a revelation. Now pick up the next scripture reader, please. That's Matthews 1, excuse me, 17 and 1. Mm -hmm. And after six days, Yahshua taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. Now, the scripture she read is just a fulfillment of what happened here. But once again, this is this is Yahweh Elohim through Yahshua Messiah appearing as a super incorporeal being. So that Yahweh Elohim always makes himself known to his creatures. If he's going to give you a divine vision of revelation, you're going to see him in this form, not in pure spirit, because remember, we can't see that. He always comes in the super incorporeal form of Elohim. Now we'll move down to the third and the concrete manifestation of Yahweh, which is Yahshua the Messiah. And that scripture, I think it's only one there. And that is, um, oh, I'm sorry, we didn't get, yeah, we did get it. We're going to pick up um, John 1 and 14, and then I'll have you pick up uh, 1 John 5 and 20, and then Colossians 1 and 15 through 17. John 1 and 14. Mm -hmm. And the word was made flesh mm -hmm. and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So once again, this is the created creature of Yahweh Elohim, which is Yahshua the Messiah. So that is here. That's the creation. And he said they beheld him. He dwelled among them. He was a physical man, but he was a in a specially prepared body. Now pick up the next scripture, please. That's 1 John 5 and 20. Mm -hmm. And we know that the son of Yahweh, excuse me, and we know that the son of Yahweh is come and have given us the understanding mm -hmm. that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true even okay. in his son yahshua the messiah that's right this Thank is you. The, i'm sorry go ahead keep going i'm sorry this is the true elohim and eternal life mm -hmm. now see it's funny that you when you hear that he said this is the true elohim so for me that negates the trinity but you know people won't hear that. They hear what they want to hear. So this is the true Elohim. This is Yahweh Elohim in a concrete form. He came and he's explained the unity of the spirit to his disciples and all those that will listen, telling them that your father, Yahweh Elohim, is one Elohim. They're not three. Like he would speak to his apostles or to the um, the Pharisees when he said, how come you don't understand my feet speech? When you see me, you see the father. He's telling them they're one and the same. Now pick up the next scripture, please. Colossians 1 and 15 through 17. Mm -hmm. Who is the image of the invisible El, the firstborn of every creature? Mm -hmm. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Mm -hmm. All things were created by him and for him. 
Let's see, and he said he is the image of the invisible L. So Yahweh Elohim is the image of the invisible Yahweh Elohim and then manifesting in physical form as Joshua the Messiah. Once again, the unity of the spirit, three manifestations taking on, it's one, he's taking on three different roles. Each role has a different purpose. <sighs> Let me slow down because I'm getting ahead of myself. So read the, was that the last scripture I had you read from this chart? I think it is. Okay. So now we're going to move on a little bit and we're going to, I need you to pick up Proverbs 8 and 29 through 30, because what we're going to talk about is we talked about the title of the chart, but if you look, you'll see here, it says spirit, the substance source, law, eternity. And what that speaks to is that Yahweh, Yahweh Elohim is the, is the limits and bounds of all things. He is the source of all things. We often talk about people asking, well, what is spirit? And in the church world, they say, well, spirit is God. Well, what is God? God is spirit. Yahweh gave us a detailed explanation. Spirit is the source, substance, I'm sorry, Yahweh Elohim is the source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. That's what spirit is. Everything that is ever created gets its origin and has its origin in spirit. It started off in a pure spirit state. My kids used to ask me, well, where did, how did Yahweh start? And I'm like, there is no start. There is no beginning to Yahweh. He just always was. And that's a hard concept for a lot of people to pick up, which is why they're atheists. They think that everything has to have a beginning and they're correct. Everything created has a beginning, but Yahweh is not created. Yahweh is. He's spirit and he always is and he always will be. So pick up um, Proverbs 8, 29 and 30. Proverbs 8 and 29. Uh -huh. When he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandments, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him and I was daily his delight, mm -hmm. rejoicing always before him. Mm -hmm. So that is speaking to the the the, <laughs> the super incorporeal form of Yahweh, which is Yahweh Elohim. He gives a decree. You go this far, and you don't go any any further. He gives a decree to the butterfly to migrate. I'm sorry, to start off as a caterpillar and migrate to a butterfly. He gives the decree to the seasons to change when they should. He gives the decree to the planets to rotate around the sun without bumping into each other. He gives the decree for a, a proton, neutron, and electron to operate the way they do, never leaving that operation. It's only when man tries to manipulate it that you get destroyed. Destruction. He gives the decree to the cell to do the things it does with all its little intricate parts in it. The limosome, which is, I always think of Lysol, is the cleaning part of it. it. This is what Yahweh's decree does. It's spirit law that has things operate the way they do. Now, remember, everything on this chart is the creation. Even Elohim. Elohim is a create creation of Yahweh, which means all it means is that Yahweh Elohim took on shape and form as Yahweh Elohim. Because remember, Yahweh, and I hate to say began, but Yahweh is pure spirit. That's the origin, pure spirit. And then he took on shape and form as Elohim to show himself to his creatures in a uh, vision or revelation. 
Then as a concrete form, Yahshua the Messiah, he walked the earth plane. And that way we could handle him. We could see him. We could touch him. But Yahweh created the whole universe, which is the creation, so that we would know him. So that's why it says in Revelations 1 and 8, and you can pick that up, that I am Alpha and Omega. So pick that up really quick because I want to go into these plates. Revelation 1 and 8. Mm -hmm. I am Alpha and Omega, mm -hmm. the beginning and the ending, saith mm -hmm. Yahweh, which is... So, go ahead, Dr. Craig, I'm sorry. Which is and which was and which is to come, the mm -hmm. Almighty. So see, this is Yahweh Elohim speaking that he is the beginning and the end. So you'll notice right here, the first thing you see is that expressed image or that super incorporeal form of Yahweh, which is Yahweh Elohim. I'm going to blow the chart up a little bit so we can see this a little better. So here you'll notice you have his nine divine attributes, and it's at the beginning because this is the beginning of the creation. And those nine divine attributes of intelligent, wisdom, knowledge, love, beauty, justice, foundation, power, and strength speak of the nine divine attributes of Yahweh. Now, that's not all his attributes because mercy is not there. Patience is not there. But these are the nine divine attributes of Yahweh Elohim that speaks to who he is. And then you move over, you'll see the pattern of the universe. Everything in the universe operates according to the structure and function of this pattern. But what Yahweh Elohim did, he, these attributes took on shape and form to form Yahweh Elohim and then to help man better understand this shape and form he created this tabernacle pattern knowledge of this tabernacle pattern the structure one two three compartments and the function the operation of each of the vessels within it gives you an understanding of your creator Yahweh Elohim and how he really is and actually exists so that's the pattern plate then you have the migration and we all know that story of the children of Israel being uh, um, delivered out of Egypt into the uh, Canaan land, but they had to spend time in the wilderness of Sinai for disobedience. But it wasn't also just for disobedience. They built that tabernacle there and, they, and Yahweh showed them how to operate that tabernacle. And with that, we know how Yahweh operates. So that is your threefold trek in the wilderness or the migration that goes by this tabernacle pattern. Then you move over to the Adam, and I'm hoping I can get um, one of the speakers I had in mind to speak to uh, this a little bit more, this and the, and the elements. But you have your Adam, which is the smallest building block of matter. It's a proton, a neutron, electron. Once again, just going by the threefold tabernacle pattern of Yahweh. Remember, this is Yahweh proving himself to his creatures. Because we learn all this and we know all this, we know something about our creator. That's why Saul said to the Romans, you are without excuse. Then you move over to the cell plate. And the cell is a nucleus, a nucleolus, and a cell body. But just like these nine divine attributes aren't all the attributes of Yahweh, those three parts aren't all the attributes or the parts of the cell. You have all these uh, vessels in the tabernacle that help with the operation of the tabernacle. Therefore, you have a lot of uh, uh, pieces or parts within the cell that have particular roles and duties to operate this cell. And we have a brother in that actually did a detailed um, 
chart and notes on this cell and I got uh, copies of it. She actually only wrote it, hand wrote it, but she scanned it for me. So I'm hoping we can go through that and all the vessels in the cell and what they mean and what they do. But we also know that it's in our, in our, um, in our textbook. And that's what I love about this school. We can actually say it's a school because we have a textbook. Everything up here is in this text, in that textbook. Every single thing on this chart is explained in detail in the textbook. So don't think me or anybody else that gets, that starts to talk about anything on this chart is so smart. Yahweh gave them the knowledge he gave them and it's in the textbook. So you can follow along or you can learn it for yourself. Then we have the metamorphosis of a butterfly. And that is a beautiful example of the trek we all are gonna take coming out of this flesh. That also goes by the pattern. We start off in physical form and then we move because remember the butterfly takes flight and its physical form uh, and it's, I'm sorry, it's earthly form. I like to call it as a caterpillar, it's earthbound. But then eventually it morphs into a butterfly. It, it's, it's heavenly bound. Then it only sucks on nectar. It doesn't eat on leaves. It sucks on things that are heavenly. That is the trek we all want to take. But remember a caterpillar, you don't really know what it's going to turn into until it does, it can either be a butterfly or a moth. A moth is not a good creature. A butterfly is. And that speaks to Yahweh having made distinction between his sons and those that are going to be lost. We want to be of that, that heavenly form, that butterfly, not that moth. So that even goes by the tabernacle pattern. Then you have the seasons of the year, which is very pretty. Right now we're heading into summer. I think it's about I think it's 80 degrees in my house right now, which is why I got the fan on because I'm too cheap to turn on my AC, but don't tell my husband I said that. So right now it's hot. And so we're in the, we're getting to summer because I think the official start of summer is June 21st. And we go by the season. So the summer, everything's in fruition and you can't see it here but one is the latter rain and one is the former rain. And Yahweh has me doing some research on that because I, um, Dr. Terry Welch actually did a lecture on it. So I'm gonna go back and look at that. But you have a latter rain and you have a former rain. So you have your seasons, which also testify to the death, burial, resurrection, ascension and outpouring of the Holy Spirit of Yahshua the Messiah. So that goes by your pattern. Now, this plate I thought was very interesting when I was talking to Dr. Rick Trevisan, the first thing he said to me was that this universe, that, that's wrong. This is not the universe. This should say solar system. And if you think about it, that's correct because the universe is likened unto Yahweh and his pure spirit state. We have many solar systems within the universe. This is not, all these planets are showing is our solar system, but there are millions of solar systems within the universe, but there is only one universe, uni, meaning one verse, Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua. That's the one verse. So this actually should be correctly a title the solar system, but we know what it means. And I'm kind of glad it's there because then it'll give us a little bit of understanding. Now, Dr. Lejeune Gill did a booklet on this, um, the universe, and we, we went over it, I remember in our Southfield class, and we talked about that in detail. So I'm hoping someone will volunteer and maybe go through this plate and show how it goes by the tabernacle pattern using that book. Once again, 
none of us know everything. And what I was talking to one of the speak one one of the brethren before we started class is the one who teaches is the one who learns. So as I'm going through this, Yahweh's showing me things, and that's how He does it. That's how He operates. So then you move over to the man. The man is all of these, and I'm trying to look at it. I think it's this is his, his nine. Uh, systems of the body, and that corresponds beautifully with the nine divine attributes of Yahweh. Once again, that's gone through in uh, volume three of the textbook. But man himself goes by this tabernacle pattern. We know, looking at the um, uh, image, the man made in the image of Elohim by the pattern of the tabernacle, that man is a a head cavity, a chest cavity, and an abdominal cavity. But it's one man, just like the tabernacle pattern is a most holy place, a holy place and a court roundabout. One tabernacle, unity of the spirit, pure spirit state, super incorporeal form, solid form, created creation, one Elohim. They're not three, they're one and the same. Therefore, you see this man, he goes by that, that tabernacle pattern as well. And what is interesting is how these uh, nine systems line up to the nine vessels in the tabernacle. It's very pretty. So we'll definitely go over that. And that may take a few classes to go over and how it goes by the tabernacle pattern. And then the last thing you have is the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension plate. And we have that, if you'll get Romans 10 and 4 for me, reader, we have that because we know Yahshua the Messiah is the end of the law. So this one had to be on the end because once Yahshua Messiah did that act and he fulfilled the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, and he fulfilled all the things in the law and the prophets. That was the end of the physical law to those that believed that he actually came in to fulfill it. So pick up that scripture, if you will, for me, please. That's Romans 10 and 4. Mm -hmm. For the Messiah is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the caveat is you got to believe it. If you don't believe that what Yahshua came in to do was fulfill the law and the prophets, then it's not the end of the law for you. And we know that because you look at, you know, what's going on in Israel now and, you know, you, people uh, worshiping and gathering during a pandemic and, you know, dying and falling over and, and uh, uh, stands falling and killing people because they don't think, first of all, they don't think Yahshua was the true Messiah. And they also don't think he came in and fulfilled and got rid of all those laws and ordinances that they still practice today. They still believe that they're under this law. And it's not just the Orthodox Jews. It's the whole of Christianity still believes that Yahshua the Messiah only came in to set up a Christian example that he did not come in to fulfill and move those things out of the way, which is a total slap in the face to him. Uh, I often like to say it's like if I, you know, went to Wuthering of Brethren and, and wrote a check and paid their house off, and then they turn around and keep making the note. I did that for you. You don't need to do that anymore. Stop doing that. It's like a slap in the face. Like, yeah, I know you paid it off, but you did it with a check. I, I wanted you to pay it off in cash, so I'm going to keep doing it. That's really essentially what the world is saying. I don't like the way you did it, or I don't believe you did it for righteousness sake. I think I have to establish my own righteousness. And I think that's, if you could pick that up, reader. I think I have to establish my own righteousness. Therefore, I'm going to keep doing these things to show the world that I'm perfect and I can, I can 
work out my own salvation. When Yahshua the Messiah knows, and we all know, that the children of Israel had 400, I'm sorry, 40 years with this tabernacle in the wilderness to work out, quote unquote, their salvation, and they couldn't do it. So what makes you think down here that you can do it? It's a blessing and a relief to know that we have a Savior that did this for us, and the only thing he asked us to do is to learn about him. That's all he's asked. That's a true parent, a true parent. And Dr. Lewis often talks about this with her daughter. A true parent loves the heck out of their child. They will do anything for them. And it doesn't stop when they're children. All my children are grown, but I'm still always doing stuff for them. Not because I have to, because I want to. It makes me happy to do things for them. Like a husband and wife, Dr. April Lewis always talks about the husband and wife. They love to do things for each other. Why? Because that's, that's the love of their life. They want to see them happy. So our Heavenly Father took on shape and form in a physical man, an especially prepared body, died the death of an outcast dog so that we would not have to do this because he knows as his children, we couldn't do it. A parent knows their child. If you have more than one child, you know the differences in your children. You know what you what one child is capable of versus the other child, and you act accordingly with them. So does our Heavenly Father, Yahweh. He knows we can't do this. He knows none of his children could do this. So he had to come in himself, take on this shape and form, and especially prepare a body, and die the death of an outcast dog to fulfill all these ordinances, move them out the way so that we can worship Yahweh in spirit and in truth. Do you have that scripture that I asked for? I didn't know where it was, and my apologies for that. Romans it's the same scripture. Oh, okay. Go, Go ahead, ahead. Keep reading. Oh, okay. Uh, it's Romans 10 and 2. Okay. Let's start at 1, Lauren, please. Okay. Romans 10 and 1. Mm -hmm. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to Yahweh for mm -hmm. Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of Yahweh, but not according to knowledge. Mm -hmm. For they, being ignorant of Yahweh's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of Yahweh. Thank you. So pretty. And so, like you said, they have a zeal. So when you when you talk to some people and you can tell they are earnest and sincere and wanting to know their creator, they just don't have the truth that we have. But a lot of times you have people that are just about establishing their own righteousness. I would often walk in the halls at my at my job and I would see these people sitting on a bench with their Bibles, with their heads down praying. Why are you doing that out in the open? You're just trying to let me see what you're doing like, like I have some power to bless you or anything? No. No, they're trying to establish their own righteousness. Look at me. Look at me. I'm pious and I'm holy. That's not what Yahweh wanted. Yahweh wants you to worship him in spirit and in truth. And what you do when you, uh, when you go to Yahweh in secret, not in secret, but when you go to Yahweh within yourself and you do your studying, when you're alone and by yourself, Yahweh rewards you openly for those things. But you don't seek that open um, honor and glory. You seek the honor and you seek the acceptance of Yahweh Elohim. So now that was the plates that are in the, um, in the cloud. But now what you see on the outside also is mostly it has to do with the man. And I love it because it's proving that Yahweh, every part of you 
corresponds to the tabernacle pattern in some way. So we're going to have, like I said, speakers go over the bones. We know there's two, 208 bones in the human body. Well, likewise, there are 208 pillars, bars, and boards in the tabernacle pattern. Why is that? Because everything in the creation is made by Yahweh Elohim, who is the ultimate pattern. So we're going to go through these things and how this line, this, these fountains in your skull speak to the different ages and dispensations in, in time with Yahweh and how the skull itself represents your soul or the inner man. Then you have your, uh, your uh, vertebrae and you have one vertebrae that's called the axis. And if you look at it, it looks like a lamb. It's actually shaped like a lamb. Now the axis and the atlas are the top two bones and those what hold your head and one rotates the axis. The atlas is what holds it up. Yahshua the Messiah is the one that holds us up. He's our uprightness. And you have 33 of these vertebrae speaking to the 33 years of Yahshua the Messiah's life. And it's beautiful because I, I'm think it's, I can't remember if it's the five or the three, and please, this is a school, correct me if I'm wrong, excuse me, that are fused together, which was represent the three years of his ministry. So we'll, we're going to show you how the bones in your body go by that tabernacle pattern. We talk about how, you know, you, you yourself you're on a, you know, people want to get on the cross and do that mimicking every, uh, every Easter and act like they're on the cross and have their hands nailed to the cross or whatever. You're actually, your body sits on a cross. This is your clavicle and your sternum, which is right here in your rib cage. It's attached to your rib cage. That looks like a cross or a sword. And we're going to go through what those definitions mean. And they point to something spiritual. And then your pelvis, which in women holds this baby here and how it widens and opens up to allow a new life to come through, pointing to how Yahshua the Messiah was opened up and poured his Holy Spirit out to allow our new life to come through, that our spiritual life to come through. And then the rib cage, we know we have 12 ribs on each side, speaking to the apostles and the disciples, or the, or is it, I'm sorry, the 12 tribes of Israel. And what else? Someone correct me. The apostles and disciples. There you go. Okay, the apostles and disciples. But we also know there were 12 tribes that were camped around this tabernacle. And what I find very interesting about this rib cage is the ribs are the only bones that regenerate. No other bone in your body regenerates like that rib does. And how do you know that? Because when Yahweh Elohim took Adam, took Eve out of Adam, he said he took a rib and picked that up. So I'm not messing it up. He took a rib and a womb and he formed a woman. Now that didn't leave Adam with only 23 ribs, that rib grew back. That's how you know that the woman was created from Adam and that the bone, the rib is the only bone that regenerates. So pick that up for me really quick so I don't mess it up. Genesis 2 and 21. And Yahweh Elohim caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. Mm -hmm. And the rib, which Yahweh Elohim had taken from man, made he a woman brought her unto the man. Mm -hmm. And what that's showing is that we are in Yahshua the Messiah and he should be in us. So now that is the rib, the story of the rib. 
And I'm gonna I'm gonna jump down here, even though I want to go up here, only because when I was talking to uh, Dr. Terry Welsh about this chart, he said the original price here was a dollar. So I guess we really did move up to inflation because I think on some charts I've seen, you know, like $2.46. But he said the original, when they painted the original chart, this was a dollar. And what that speaks to is the elements. If you took all the elements, you know, the zinc, the copper, all of that stuff that are in our body, and you priced it out at the time this chart was made, it was a dollar. I'm pretty sure it's more than this today, but it's just showing you the worth of this flesh. This flesh is not worth anything. That's really what it's showing you. It's the spirit. That's what goes on and lives on forever, not the fleshly things. That's why we don't worship the fleshly things. We don't worship the fleshly man. So then you see the seven senses of a man's uh, body. And I never can see that, but man has seven senses, heat, cold, touch. Um, I forgot what the other ones are. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> man has seven senses and those will go by the seven steps in the tabernacle pattern. Remember, everything goes by the pattern because Yahweh Elohim is a pattern. And if he created all things, they have to go by the pattern. So then you'll, you see the fluids, the male and the female fluid that makes up that baby or that ends up creating that creation. And the, the um, thing that Yahweh had to show me a while back was, you know, because I, I tell everybody this all the time, I have three girls, so I had to be the ultimate feminist to let my girls know you can do anything you put your mind to and with Yahshua in your forefront. So here, what Yahweh showed me was it's the man that gives life because this ovum is dead until that sperm enters it and then it's quickened. So the man provides the life to the female. That's why we say Yahweh the father, he is the life giver. So then when those two fluids, when, they, when those two elements uh, come together, then you have this baby being formed and created. And that baby takes 40 weeks, just as that tabernacle pattern took 40 weeks to create, I'm sorry, they were in the wilderness of Sinai for 40 years. Um, and it took nine months to create this baby and it took nine months to create this tabernacle pattern. So that's gonna be spoken of. I'm hoping I can get Dr. Alicia Key to speak on the uh, childbirth pattern on this one. And then you have the seven ages of man, you know, the, um, I think this uh, seed, embryo, baby, infant, child, adolescent, and adult. Those go by the pattern. And they speak to each one of the, uh, I think they speak to, no, it goes by the seven steps in the pattern. And then you move over to the cranial nerves, which uh, uh, Dr. Brandon Craig will talk about in two weeks and how they go by the pattern. And you only have the nerves or have three functions. They are motor, sensory, or mixed. That's all you have. And that three follows the pattern. It follows the threefold eternal nature of Yahweh. Yahweh is spirit. He is, he is um, super incorporeal form, and he is the created creation, which is Yahweh Elohim. So your, your nerves have one of those three attributes. It's either a motory, a sensory, or it's both, one of the, one of the three. Then you move over here to your to your brain, which sits within your skull, and um, it's often uh, correlated with the spirit because if you take the brain out of the skull and you just let it sit long enough, it'll just fall over. So the brain takes the shape and form of the skull that it's in, just like Yahweh Elohim 
as Yahshua the Messiah took on shape and form of that physical body that was created for him, but he was still spirit within that body. So we're going to go through the brain, the function. Once again, this is in our textbook, nothing new, nothing I came up with. I couldn't have picked this up myself if I wanted to. And it'll talk about that circle of Willis, which the, the arterial circle of Willis, which looks like a man you know, a red man at that, which is speaking to the first man, Adam being a red man, and, and it's also speaking to other things. And then we talk, we're going to talk about these three, 31 spinal nerves, which 31 pairs, right, making 62. And then Yahshua the Messiah is the last one. He's the filium terminal. He's the 63rd generation. And if we have that scripture, does it speak to that in the scriptures where it says Yahshua was the 63rd generation or am I mixing that up with something else? Anyone? Probably in Luke. Luke where, Dr. Crook? Probably the third when it goes from Yahshua to um, Adam. Right, right. Okay, yep. So the Luke goes through those 63 generations and I remembered asking about that because when I counted, it may have not have been here somewhere else. It didn't equal 63, but they explained it. And of course, I forgot it, but I'm praying that Yahweh bring it back to my remembrance. But this, this six, these 31 pairs of nerves equal 62. And then that one last nerve represents Yahshua the Messiah. He is the end or the terminal. He is he is it, as it says in the um, on the other chart, he is the alpha and omega. He is the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And then it shows you a cross section of the spinal cord. And if you notice, you'll see that H that looks like an H. So right within your spinal cord is holiness unto Yahweh. Scientists don't know why it's in, in a nice form of an H, but we know why, because Yahweh told us and gave us a vision and revelation through Dr. Kenley. And then here you have here, you have the average size of a human brain. And it's, I think there's 49 ounces. I can't really see it because it's so blurry. And that's just, and I, I've, I've been asking Yahweh, what does that speak to? Because I know it speaks to something. I just don't know um, um, where. So um, I know someone just put in the chat about the, the 63 generations. Okay. Okay. Someone else talked about it. Okay. Thank you. Maybe that person wants to do the part on the 63 pairs of nerves compared to those 63 generations, just putting it out there. So that is a kind of just an overview of this green chart and a little bit of the history. And because we don't um, go through it much, Yahweh, like I said, Yahweh put it on my heart and mine. And I talked to a couple of the brethren about a month ago about going through this chart and, and did they think it was a good idea? And then, you know, it's, it's always a good idea to go through the charts. So we're going to um, dive into this. I don't know how long it'll take. I'm going to let Yahweh lead us. Um, I'm in a group with some brethren on Fridays. We've been in the one part of the um, Exodus with the priest garments for two months because Yahweh keeps showing us what these, you know, all the little bits and pieces of this garment and what it means. And we just can't seem to get off of it, but we're letting Yahweh guide us and lead us. And when he's ready for us to move on, we'll move on. So likewise, every other Thursday, we're going to pick up one aspect of this green chart. And if we get stuck on the skeleton for a while, then Yahweh be it. It must be something that Yahweh wants us to see. I'm not going to rush through it because as long as Yahweh has us here in the flesh, we can focus on these things and learn as much as he, he allows us to.
So that was a little bit of detail on the green chart. Um, if anyone has any questions, you can ask them now. If not, um, I'll call on the next speaker. So I'm gonna give it a, a second for anyone that has any questions. No questions. Okay, so I am for our next speaker. I'm not sure who it is, but because you put that out there, uh, FCDO, would you mind speaking about what you learned with those 63 generations, please? No. Okay. No worries. I want to put you on the spot if you don't want to. It's okay. So uh, for our next speaker, we're going to have Dr. Uh, is it Mr. Dye? Yes, the Dean of, I think is, uh, is it Grand Rapids, Dr. Dye? Muskegon. Muskegon. Okay, Dean of Muskegon. Good evening. Good evening, Dr. Dye. Thank you. I truly enjoyed that that you covered. I've kind of never specifically covered this green chart, but I know that it's in volume three of the textbooks under Dr. Harris' writings. There are other things that I looked at. That was uh, really good. <laughs> I have to say that. So I always like to start off and say, this is a school, not a church. It's a product of divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kennedy in 1931. See, and he claimed to have a divine vision revelation from Yahweh Elohim. And then he went on to say, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 21, make me prove it until you're satisfied with it. Now, nobody in the world has ever done that. Can you read that, please? Do you hear me? Yes, we do. They're getting it for you. Okay. First Thessalonians 5 and 21. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Read on to 23. 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Now he says abstain from all appearance of evil. Now if it looks evil, see that might be a several different things. You abstain from it. Because some things we think is evil, Yahweh has purposed it come to pass. Go ahead. 23rd verse. And the very Elohim of peace sanctify you holy. Now the very Elohim of peace sanctify you holy. Go ahead. So that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Savior Yahshua the Messiah. Now that speaks uh, about that kind of Maybe you ought to get the, what is it, the sixth thing? Now, the moderator all tells us what our primary aims and objective are. Mm -hmm. And we say we have 10 primary aims and objectives. And I always say things like this. Now, you being a member of this school and you give a testimony, somewhere in there, you should be able to hit one of those aims in your discourse, you see, because those are the primary aims aims and objectives of the school. Somebody said the other day, that I know that there were originally six at one time and then they added to that, but go ahead. Six aim to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. 
Now, that's kind of what I've been focusing on for quite a while, besides that in the chart series number two. So I'd like you to go back to the Elohim, the archetype original pattern of the universe chart. And we're gonna follow, I, I heard her speak about the supernal nature of the unity of the spirit. And this thing has to be repeated constantly. So when I take a peek at the charts, after a while that Dr. Kinley had drawn out, usually and sometimes I just go through it, my mind and compare things to see if they line up the same way. So I, we found, I find out that the founder and dean is very consistent about what he's doing. See, now when I look at this chart, we begin over there in Moses' vision at the top, talking about Yahweh's spirit. See, manifesting within the cloud, symbolizing eternity, Jerusalem above. So right there you have Jerusalem above. Now in Canaan land, you see the tabernacle on Mount Zion and you see the temple. Now they're 490 years apart. That's a time fixed by Yahweh to dedicate a temple. There's a whole series of lines of temples that you deal with. You understand? Now she just mentioned something about the tabernacle of man back there, how man is made in the image and likeness of Yahweh Elohim. But I want you to stay there because she was talking about the supernal nature of Yahweh, how 1 John 5, 7 and 8 That's 1 John 5 and 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. Not so that there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, now that's Yahweh. Mm -hmm. The Word. Now that's Yahweh Elohim. And the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit. Now that's Yahshua the Messiah. You understand? And these three are one. Now mm -hmm. what we're seeing here is the same thing that we talk about in your unity plate. You're looking at Yahweh's spirit and he's symbolized by that cloud. And that cloud symbolizes eternity. See, and that's what you did. That's pure spirit. Now the focus is, is that this, this whole chart is painted orange and yellow. It's like a fire. So Yahweh is one. Elohim in superincorporeal form is two. And Yahshua the Messiah is three. Now every chart that we should have principally should be surrounded by a cloud because everything is contained inside of Yahweh. So we talk about the creation of us within Yahweh or eternity, but I just kind of want to look at the Elohim archetype original pattern of the universe chart. And it was years, you know, I kept hearing that, that Elohim or Yahweh Elohim is an archetype or he's the original pattern of the universe. And that's that superincorporeal form. So we take the cloud there, which is number one. In the clouds, you see those attributes. See, you have those nine divine attributes as we refer to that. Now, we say we have a textbook in this school that the founder wrote. Well, he wrote two of them. One was called God the Archetype Original Pattern. Now, God the, yeah, I guess it was the Archetype Pattern. And then with, then the other one was Yahweh Elohim, the archetype original pattern. See, now sometimes, now we say he has nine primary attributes. In some places you read God the archetype, you might read 12. So there's some variation because I looked through and I tried to compare these charts and what the founder has said. And back there in the 
in the clouds, you see this lips, you see lightning bolts, and you should see a law. Now, when you look at the law there, what usually it is, the way it's devised, it also should be on your Old Testament, New Testament chart. You understand? You should have like, just stay there. You should have like seven on one side and three on the other side. You understand? So when I look at that, I have Yahweh. And what Yahweh did is took on a superincorporeal form. That's why you have that panoramic vision of Elohim to Moses in 1490 BBY. You would also see that book there. Now on that body, they wrote Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. See, now what they said is Yahweh, in a sense, not exactly, he took on superincorporeal form in part, not totality. See, now it did not all, did not take all of Yahweh, which symbolized that cloud, and that cloud goes all the way around the chart. See, to take on that shape and form of Elohim, you understand? Now, Yahweh's pure spirit, he's the source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything, see? And you're not going to smell him, taste him, or see him at any time because you're not going to get outside of him. So he took on this superincorporeal form. Now, the founder would say that those attributes that are in Elohim, and they're very specific the way that he does that, see, because you're dealing with something in the realm of eternity. So oftentimes, because the founder is really repeating the same thing, and he has a purpose, he has a pattern, he has a plan of salvation, and that's what he's dealing with. And so he's going to consistently, as I say, repeat these things over and over again. He's going to repeat them all the way through by this same pattern, which is Yahweh Elohim and Yahshua, which is the archetype of the original pattern of the universe, and that's what you're going to see when you open up your textbook. You understand? Now that's Elohim. Now when we go through chart series number two, you see, which is the divine pattern of the universe proving the existence of Yahweh and manifesting his purpose by the physical creation through the dispensation and ages. Now you got the same purpose, pattern, and plan run it being ran through on that chart. So what I want to do is take a look at the chart of the pattern of plan of salvation, and we're going to reference Elohim in a descriptive shape and form. But what we look at now, she was looking at the what we call the creation is imaged by his creation. You say, yes, that would work right there. So what we have is, number one, now these charts vary too from class to class, and you know that, but they should be running the same purpose, pattern, and plan of salvation. See, because typically what would happen with this, you see, let me see. Now, you would start with plate number three, depending on what chart you have, but this one is slightly different, which is the intangible tabernacle of the universe that Yahweh Elohim took on shape and form and transformed into. And that's what you would see on the chart called Elohim, the archetype original pattern of the universe. See, now what you look in plate number one, you'll see those attributes. There are nine divine attributes 
And if you were to count them, and you were to include the veils in there, because they are important, because the pattern is Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua is a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. That's the archetype pattern. So what you're looking at, if you count those attributes, you have intelligence, knowledge, and wisdom, beauty, love, and justice. Now that's in the most holy place. And what the veil, the second veil would say is that that's inscrutable or that's incomprehensible. See, it is not seen at any time. Then you come to the holy place. You have foundation. You have power. You have strength. And then it'll go on and say that door or that first veil, say that's invisible or unseen. You understand? So this is just Yahweh. And then you have at his feet in what we consider the court roundabout, the kingdom. You understand? Now, if you were to organize those plates according to Moses' vision, you understand? You would have what we would call plate number two, which is theosophy. You have those nine, those six attributes in the most holy place. You have the three, see, in the holy place, you see, and you have Matthews 25 and 34. You may want to read that. About the kingdom. They're getting it for you. Oh, okay. Now, when we compare yeah. these first two plates to Moses' vision in the cloud, which, which symbolize eternity, you have several <laughs> things up in there that should reflect these first two plates, but they're not necessarily all three plates. We'd have theosophy or the attributes, not any in any particular descriptive shape and form as Yahweh as the fiery cloud up there. Also in that fiery cloud, you have Yahweh Elohim, the lips and the lightning bolt, speaking what we call the law, you understand? Which we call say it was in heart-shaped tables of stones. You understand? That's what you're looking at. Universal spirit law in the realm of eternity. That law, or Yahweh Elohim, that law of Yahweh, Yahweh took on shape and form of the supernal nature of Yahweh Elohim. So you have those attributes, those attributes taken on a descriptive shape and form as Elohim in his kingdom do you have that scripture that's matthews 25 and 34 yes, then shall the king say unto them on his right hand come then shall the king say unto them on his right hand come ye blessed of my father mm -hmm. inherit the kingdom prepared for for you from the foundation of the world so now what you're looking at from the foundation of the world in the realm of eternity, you understand the kingdom was prepared before the foundation of the world. So Yahshua, now then, if you took a quick peek at your ages and dispensation chart of the creation abides within Yahweh or eternity, and you go down from, and you go down to the present kingdom age or the spiritual 
kingdom on earth, maybe you ought to get uh, John the 14th chapter. You see that the the fourth age is the present kingdom age. See, and the fifth age is the kingdom age. But if you have John the 14th chapter, I'd like you to read that. John 14, do you want to start at one, Dr. Dye? Yes. That John work. 14 and one. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in Yahweh, believe also in me. Mm -hmm. In my father's house are many mansions. In my if father's house. See, sometimes we take that now. Now, this is a school. And this is a research school. And as a school, you understand. Now, some people, sometimes we just don't perceive it like that because our background is as if they like to treat it like a church. You tell people you go to a, a biblical school or a biblical and scientific research school and you begin to talk about, as they say, God or Yahweh, Elohim and Yahshua, they, and you're using the Bible, they feel like, well, you know, that's what we do in our church. No, you don't do what you do in our school that, that's in your church. We don't do that. See, and the church is the, as we would say in this, in this present kingdom age, the spiritual kingdom on earth, the spiritual assembly body of Yahshua, Holy Spirit to faith. Now the congregation or the assembly, you understand that when Israel came out the land of Egypt, gathered around Mount Sinai and Yahweh Elohim spoke his law down from Mount Sinai. They weren't in the building. The founder refers to that as the first church. And that's the reference, but it referenced the congregation or assembly. You understand? And that makes up the body or the bride of Yahshua the Messiah when they received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. You understand? And we are members of that spiritual body. So, and he said that Yahweh Elohim was the father's house, or Yahshua was the father's house. I picked that up in one of the transcripts. So even when I look at the transcripts, we have a, we have a lot of those. And, you know, previously they've been having some lectures they transcribed, and you had the opportunity to hear some. Now, as a school, you know, coming in after 1976, after the founder has died, if you want to know some of the things he taught in some of the lectures, I'd say that some of those those books that we have, which might be, I don't know, 150 transcripts or something, would be, give you a good idea of how the founder approached this thing or preached this thing. You understand? Now, in reality, that is research, you see, because he's had the vision and what he's doing by the charts and material and those lectures that you review, whether you hear them or not, it gives you an ex it gives you a good sample of what he was teaching and how he was expressing or explaining his vision and revelation. So you should do your research. Now, back there when folks, when we did have a constitution, well, we still probably have it. And you go into moderators, ministers, and teachers, 
He says, there's an explanation that you should be familiar, you understand, with all the literature of the school. So that means your textbooks, your pamphlets, and any other thing that you can come across. You know, that means that you might have to get yourself a physiology and anatomy book. <laughs> you see, so you can kind of review some of the material that these things are coming from. So the body of Yahshua the Messiah was typical of the father's house. You understand? She mentioned something about the, she, I, she said we got so many bones in the body. <laughs> I don't know if she said 206 or something. You understand? Now that's a lot of bones in the body. Well, how many cells do you have in there? <laughs> and the body houses all of those. But he said, go ahead, read on. In my father's house, there are many mansions. In my father's house are many mansions. Mm -hmm. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now, I if go, it wasn't that way, I would have told you. Go ahead. I go to prepare a place for you. Now, when he says that, people thought he was going away to prepare the kingdom. See? Now, that's what some folks believe. But you see that what we were talking about back here in the realm of eternity, you understand, under what we were saying under the theosophy and supernal nature of Godhead, that the Messiah would say, well, the kingdom was prepared from the foundation of the world. And you can see that by looking at what's in those first two plates. You understand? You see? That's what you're looking at. Now, if you go to the chart on the pattern or plan of salvation and you look in the first circle at the top of that chart near the title, you have to bring it down so you can see the eight circles and enlarge the first one. right there no not yes right there now if you see what's in there you see elohim in the realm of eternity and you see what we see there you see what we call the kingdom in the realm of eternity you understand that's why in this series when i look at that you're talking about the kingdom of elohim is to prepare from the realm of eternity now even if we look at this and we go like i say when we look at that ten commandment law and you say you have the three on one side depends on how you how it's drawn out and you have the seven on the other side now when i when we begin to bring that out elohim you have elohim go back to the moses chart or elohim archetype original pattern of the universe now keep in mind that that everything on these charts have been thought out. The titles are significant and there are they are important. See, so what you have, you have Yahweh coming down as we refer to that. Well, really, he, 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 he contains everything in the universe. You see the book there, you see Elohim in a super incorporeal form. You have him transform into this thoroughly furnished and tangible tabernacle, which has a most holy place, a holy place in a court roundabout. And then we go into what we say that first plate, 
You understand? I guess that's that's A, that's B, letter C. Now that's the chaosis. Now I didn't always know that. You understand? And after you get to what we call chaosis, letter C, A, B, C, or you understand, then you go through first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and D represents the Sabbath day. So what I'm saying is when you look at the law, and you think because he's this is repetitious in the pattern of how Yahweh is operating. You see the three on one side, Yahweh Elohim and Yahshua, most holy place, holy place, quite roundabout. In those six days of creation with him resting on the Sabbath day, you see that law being true prayed just like he's doing. You have the three on one side, you have the seven on the other side. You understand? And what you have, uh, what was it? I'm thinking of Exodus 25 and 8, but she probably called for that. Proverbs, I guess it was like 8 and, two, 8 and 22. You said you want Proverbs 8, which she had before? Yes, 8 and 22. Okay. 8 and 22. Okay. <clears throat> That's Proverbs 8 and 20. Mm -hmm. I lead in the way of righteousness. Uh, I believe she had Proverbs 8 and 29 just for reference. Well, I want 8 and 20. Okay, 8 and 20. Yes. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will feel their treasures. Yahweh possessed me in the beginning of his way. Before now one he... thing we say, Yahweh is source. We say Yahweh is substance. Yahweh is the limits, the bounds, and every conceivable and inconceivable thing in the universe. You understand? And then he goes into, you're going to inherit substance. Yahweh possessed me. Now that's Yahweh Elohim. Back in the realm of eternity before time exists. So even when I talk about that, or you look at that, you got Yahweh Elohim, the intangible tabernacle, and the creation by the pattern, all that took place in the realm of eternity. You understand? So it's symbolizing that Yahweh is eternal in eternity. See, symbolizing Yahweh or spirit. Well, well go ahead, read on. Yahweh possessed me in the beginning of his ways, before his works of old. Before his works of old. Mm -hmm. But what is Yahweh going to create? going to bring about a physical creation. And we're going to deal with that. We're like Israel dealing with the migratory pattern. So Yahweh sets up the creation by a pattern. You see, in the realm of eternity, by the pattern of himself. Go ahead. I'm sorry about that. <clears throat> 8 and 22, or 23. I'm sorry. Now. Um, <clears throat> 22nd verse, Yahweh possessed me in the beginning of his ways before his works of old. I was set up for everlasting from the beginning wherever the earth was. Now he mentioned something about the beginning, right? 
see, now what we pick up back there, if you're following this along, and your ages in this dispensation chart, the creation abides within Yahweh or eternity, you have in the cloud or the orange, you have what the word is beginning. The beginning right there before the creative age, that's Yahweh Elohim. So when we talk about, now what you don't see there, when you circle that, A and B, the way this plays out on your creation abides within Yahweh eternity, or the cloud symbolized eternity, or spirit, you see, you don't see that angelic creation. So when he puts his chart series together, well, when we look at that, you don't, now what happens is, is that those angelic creatures who are also invisible and you don't see them there in letter B are on the veils and the curtain and the tabernacle. When you assemble that tabernacle, you'll see those angels on the veils. You'll see them on the curtains. Now the curtains went over the top and those angels, because that tabernacle that was pitched in the wilderness on an average was the, the pillars were about 15 feet high. Then when that high priest went in there, see, if they were the size of the, the curtains that, or the curtains that went outside, and if they were standing up, if they were 15 feet high, you can see that that man was made a little lower than the angels. If you understand what I'm saying. Depends on where you look at that at, you understand? So that's what we're looking at. Yahweh possessed me in the beginning. Now, Elohim is the beginning, as we say, of the creation of Yahweh. Yahweh simply took unshape and form in part, not totality. And then he brought about a set of invisible angelic creatures, you see. And they dwelled in as we refer before that transgression in the kingdom in the realm of eternity where Yahweh Elohim or Yahshua ruled over everything but they could not identify Elohim at that particular time and that brought about well that's dealing with his purpose. And then he brought about the physical creation that was not in time in the realm of eternity. Now what he's going to do, he has a purpose, he has a pattern, and he has a plan of salvation. And he's going to carry that out. Now what you're going to begin to understand that the founder's never going to deviate from that. When you start looking at the charts that he drew out, particularly those charts, that he drew out. You understand? Go ahead and read a little bit. Proverbs. I'm sorry, I'm having a problem with my microphone. Uh, that's at the 23rd verse. I was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was. Mm -hmm. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth. Now, you should be able to track some of that. Now, he said, now, when we talk about the fountains, before the fountains, well, where you get the water? Now, we go through those days of creation, we could pick up particular things. 
in the beginning, Yahweh Elohim created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of Elohim moved upon the face of the waters. So we can go through there and see the earth inundated in water. You understand? That's a baptism of burial. It was in darkness. We can pick up the days of creation. He's going to divide the light from the darkness. And what the founder's going to do, he's going to set those things up by pattern. You understand? Now, what we now, even in that, we read in the book of Genesis, it didn't make any mention of what we call cosmogony or the origin of the creation of the heavens and the earth. Now, that origin of the creation of the heaven and the earth has to follow the same type pattern. If Yahweh did not have any particular descriptive shape and form, you understand, then what he has to do in the realm of eternity or in that day, he has to give what he's going to form, everything that he's going to form, if he's the source and substance without any particular descriptive shape and form, then what he has to do with the creation, he has to make the invisible substance. You understand? And that substance that he created is in a dark, chaotic state, or as he would refer that, inorganic. You understand? It doesn't have a particular descriptive shape and form, and it's in darkness, and Moses sees that in the beginning. So what he has to do, it has to take on shape and form. So when we talk about the atoms being a proton, neutron, and electron, you understand, and that's in the plate that we call cosmogony, or in the, as we say, the second heaven. So you got a first heaven, realm of eternity, right? You understand? And you got a division between what we call, if Yahweh Elohim is spirit, between spirit and matter. And we say everything that's physical is made of a matter. And then the reason you do, you see these ions, electrons, proton, and neutron, you understand he has to, that has the proton, the neutron, the electron, and the ion has to take on some form. You understand? And then they have to be bonded by universal spirit law. You see, now we're dealing with the substance and when Moses sees that, there's a division between the first and second heaven, and then we have the first heaven and the court roundabout by the pattern. So there's a first, second, and third heaven. You have the inorganic earth. You understand? Now that's the that represents and is inundated or buried in water, and we go to the chaos, it's place where it's in darkness. You understand? See? And then what that has to do, Yahweh has to take that substance that he's bringing about the creation and organize it. So in the chaosis played in the court roundabout, it says chaosis or the inorganic earth. That earth has to take on, begin to take on shape and form. And he's narrating that to Moses on top of Mount Sinai. So and all that's taking place in the realm of eternity. You understand? And that's what we're tracking. We're tracking how Yahweh is carrying out his purpose, his pattern, and his plan of salvation from eternity. When we get to the, I see the sign. When we get to the seventh day of creation, you understand? 
we get the man. Well, maybe we should go to the sixth and seventh day while you have that there. Oh, the sixth Sorry, Doctor Di. No, I'm I'm having issues here. Okay. Oh, that's 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 fine. I, I okay. don't feel it. <laughs> I got so issues we, on this. <laughs> <laughs> which day did you want? Sixth day. Okay. There we go. Now he forms the man from the dust of the ground, breathing to the man's nostrils. He becomes a living soul, and then you see that spirit law or that heart. Now keep in mind that those attributes, I'll just say a couple of things, those attributes that you're looking at back there, and you don't have to go back there though, back there in theosophy were all in the heart. You understand? In the kingdom, they were all placed. You had nine hearts there and you had the kingdom there. You understand? Now, I'll say this and then I want you to jump to the Pentecost play. So on the sixth day, he forms that man. That man is made in the image and likeness of Yahweh Elohim. So when we look at this man, Adam, he's a hermaphrodite, as we say. He has both sex organs. This man looked like that spiritual man, which was Yahweh Elohim. And then he divides the sexes. You understand? Now, when we get to the court roundabout, you see that woman. See, that's typical of of that woman being clothed in the sun and the moon under her feet. That's typical of the, the man and his bride being one. He presents that bride to the husband. So just as Yahshua going to resurrect, she's going to present the assembly of the bride to her husband, and they're going to be one again. That's going to be the unity of masculinity and femininity. And you see an angel back there. See, and sometimes we question who that angel is. Well, does he have the number 666 on him? If he doesn't have the number 666 no. on him because Yahweh's going to put a mark on that satanic spirit, well, he's not the satanic spirit. Because <laughs> he said they heard the voice of Yahweh Elohim walking in the garden on the cool of the day. Now I want you to jump down to the Pentecost plate. You can do it in this series down here. I think it's like plate 32 or something. Plate 32. Yes. Now, after the crucifixion, bearing resurrection of Yahshua the Messiah, you understand Pentecost begins the present kingdom age. See, it was already prepared from the foundation of the world. Now, I said this because what these charts vary in some ways. When we look at that on the chart on the pattern of plan of salvation, and you look at that, you see those things are in the heart. You see, now, he, he drew that that way because the New Testament or New Covenant has to be written in the heart of the mind. That represents universal spirit law. Now, that's Yahshua in the spiritual bride. So when you look in the holy place, you see this woman clothed, that same woman back there before any transgression was created, had happened, clothed in the sun and the moon under her feet. And you have heaven, which is the third heaven, and you have king of kings. Now, that begins the present kingdom age in the kingdom of Yahshua, which is a spiritual kingdom. 
See, and it's going to take us all the way down to the revelation of Yahshua of Messiah. So what you're going to see, you're going to see that heart all the way across through most of those plates, all the way down pretty close to plate 40. See, so now what he's done, now when you begin to put these charts together and you look at it, now that chart on the pattern of plan of salvation, he said he needed something to show the people because he had a divine vision and revelation. Now what he's doing with this chart series number two, he's drawing out the whole purpose and plan of Yahweh from beginning to the end or from Elohim in the beginning in his kingdom to Elohim in the end where we will have where we're going into. Now, if you go to plate 40, you see, that's how it begins. That Now, that's the end. See, Yahweh Elohim declared from the beginning and the, he's carrying out his purpose for salvation. So everything that the founder was dealing with has his place in this chart series. He's always talking about the same thing and he's dividing it up by a particular age. And in the ages you have particular men in particular dispensation, you understand? So in this, he summarized, he's, he's declared this thing from beginning to ending or he's taking you from cosmogony to eschatology by the same archetype pattern or the pattern of the tabernacle or the temple of Noah's Ark working all the way through from beginning to the end. So he's never deviated from the things that he began to teach. All his charts put together are unity and they play out pretty much the same way. So the same purpose, pattern, and plan of salvation is being worked out. So you can, so you can divide all the charts that he has by the dispensations and ages of those particular events. So he knows what he's doing, but this is a great subject and you can't learn it or you can't learn it by simply studying the Bible. You have to be taught by Yahshua the Messiah or the Holy Spirit or someone that has the Holy Spirit to make you understand this doctrine. Otherwise, you'll never see it. See? Okay, I guess I'm out of time. Let's all say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Dye. I enjoyed that. Thank you. And for our next speaker um, for the evening, we're happy to call our president, Dr. Edward Yule. Dr. Yule? Good evening to the class. I'd like to say good evening good to evening. everyone. And uh, I've enjoyed the information that's been presented. And um, there's so little time left. I'll just come off the top of my head with what's been on my mind and heart all day is about the lies and hypocrisy in society that's just running rampant. And um, we have to be able to, as sons of Yahshua Messiah, be able to decipher the difference between a lie and a truth in this chart here, Ayah Asher Ayah, which shows the righteousness and the spirit of iniquity. And so um, get um, John 4.24 real quick. John 4 and 24. Yahweh is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Okay, so 
this is Yasha Messiah who's stating this, and he's talking to a Samaritan woman, and I won't get into the details of it, but saying that they or anyone that worship him must, meaning mandatorily, worship him in spirit and in truth. So question is, what is spirit? We know spirit is Yahweh um, manifested in two um, different manifestations as Elohim, and he also took on the body of Yahshua Messiah. These three are one. And so if we want to worship him, as Yahshua said, we got to worship him in spirit. And first of all, know and believe and understand what spirit is. That's Yahweh and his inscrutable, incomprehensible state and condition. And he moved from that state and condition into um, super incorporeal uh, spiritual form as a Holy Ghost man known as Elohim, which was seen in visions from Moses all the way over to Malachi. And this form could only be seen in visions and, and, and understood in revelations. But later on, he came in as Yahshua the Messiah, who still was a creator, but in physical form. And he had a purpose is to come in and save everyone from their sins. So he's telling this woman, you got to believe in spirit and in truth. So the world today is so hung up on lies. Get Second Thessalonians 2 and 2. In other words, since he was kicked out of heaven, in other words, he was in a heavenly state. And, uh, and that old boy, he was kicked out of heaven. And Lucifer, he deceived those angels. And so a uh, third of a numerable company, get Revelation 12 and 12 before you get that scripture I just called. And, and read real fast. I don't have but a few minutes here. And maybe I'll get at least a foundation open. But that old boy is running rampant. And in twelve seven, he was cast out, deceiveth past, present, and future. The whole world, he's still deceiving. So we got a, just an example, in our Congress of the United States, 47 people believing in the lie that Trump should have been president. 34% believing the truth that Biden is the president. That's the status of our lives run by our leaders that we pay in with our tax dollars. That's something natural to understand the spiritual essence of this old devil that's operating, but he ain't got but a short time. We get um, get Revelations first, then get Second Thessalonians 2 and 2. Revelation 12 and 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you having great wrath. See, he's mad. He's, that boy is mad. He got kicked out of heaven. Read. Because he knoweth that he has but a short time. Okay, so his time ain't long. So we know that um, he has power, and that's why he's deceiving so many people. Um, Second Peter 2 and 1. In other words, he's deceiving so many people that people actually just eating up lies and their salvation will be damned because they have hooked on to those lies that that old boy has drugged them on, that old dragon. Uh, read that right quick. Second Peter 2 and 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, 
even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Savior that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Keep going all the way up to uh, Elohim spared not the angels that sin and cast them down. Second verse, and many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if Yahweh Elohim spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. Okay, that's good enough there. But Dr. Dye had covered up in uh, Matthew 25th chapter how the vision of the sheep and the goat and that they already got a, a lake of fire prepared for those that was cast out. But again, this mystery of iniquity, uh, get First Corinthians 2, 7 right quick. First Corinthians 2 and 7? Yes. First Corinthians 2 and 7. But we speak the, excuse me, but we speak the wisdom of Yahweh in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which Yahweh ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. Now get the ages and dispensation. Just, I want to show that right quick. So we can see physically that first, that angelic creations, that he was in that angelic creation before the physical creation. So that's before he came in to deceive Eve and uh, so forth. But just get that right quick. Keep your on going where you at. Okay. <clears throat> That's the eighth verse, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would have not crucified the king of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man, the things which Yahweh has prepared for them that love him. Okay, so he got some for us, them that love him. And he also has a place for them that are liars and don't believe that he came in to fulfill all things that were written in the law and the testimony and he fulfilled them and moved them out of the way. And then uh, just, this is one of the other things that he's opened up his purpose to his son. And um, you can get Ephesians uh, one and eight and then Ephesians three and one, read three and one, one through nine and get them real quick. But we want to look on the other side of the devil on those. It's, in other words, it's a great mystery that's been hidden all the way back in these ages and dispensations. But right now, we got to not only see the righteousness of Yahweh, but we got to see the unrighteousness. I see that old boy who's operating right among us. Read. Ephesians 1 and 8. Wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself. See, and he purposed all these things that we can see. In other words, all these ages, we never had, would have had a clue of how the uh, Yahweh or the creation of the Bible within Yahweh or eternity. He's eternity itself. And so he spelled this out. Just what a little bit more there, Brandon. Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he had purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in the Messiah, 
both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. And that's right. You see this line right here. And this right before the fifth age says revelation of Yahshua Messiah. Uh, I don't know which scripture that is, but just get Ephesians 3 and 1 through 9. Ephesians, Ephesians 3 and 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Yahshua, the Messiah, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of Yahweh, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote in four and few words, excuse me, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of the Messiah, which in other ages was not made known. Unto now you the hear that? This him. was not known. We are so blessed in this present kingdom age, a present of knowing Yahshua the Messiah as he really is, what he's done for us, what he's done for the whole universe, and that he's fulfilled all things. Now, one of the things in, over there in uh, Matthew, the 16th chapter, when he told Peter, say, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And so what that really meant is that he's giving them the keys, the way he preached to the Jews, that um, upper room, that 120 upper room, and then seven years later to open up those same keys to the Gentiles at Cornelius' house. So that's what he's, Paul is talking about right here again. Just go back and finish this up, uh, and I'll be finished. The scripture that we're reading yes, right, right now? Right, right where you're at, yes. Okay. All right. So fourth verse, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of the Messiah, mm -hmm. which in other ages were not made known unto the sons of men. Now, for those early and young in class, so we got an age here, age here, and age here. So in these ages, this was not known. Great is the mystery of holiness. Yahweh is manifest in the flesh. In other words, a unity of the spirit. Read. <clears throat> Excuse me. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in the Messiah by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of Yahweh given unto me by the effectual working of his power. So he saved all of us by grace. By grace, you are saved. I think that's in Ephesians. Just say that Ephesians 2 and 8 and I'm, I'm down. Ephesians 2 and 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. In other faith. words, it's a, it's a gift to have this knowledge. And so we want to hold fast. To, that's good. And prove all things. That's right. Don't listen to a lie. Make people prove stuff, particularly about your salvation. Read. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of Yahweh. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And I'm so proud and to boast that I know Yahshua and he knows me. Those That's words, right. I thank you. Hallelujah. True. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Um, Yule. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Um, we have about three minutes, and I wanted to uh, have our dean uh, give a closing remark, if he would.
You there, Dr. Lewis? Yes. I'd like to say that um, I'm glad to be present in the lectures that we've been giving. And I think it's a good idea that we take special comp topics uh, such as the green chart and go into those things. Um, I want to admonish everyone that when we have a special session like that, that we should definitely try to stick with the format of what we're after so that everybody can gain from it. Um, that particular topic. But as, um, as always, it is permissible and understandable and allowable that by Yahshua being the true speaker, it's whatever Yahshua wants to go into, what he would have uh, any individual speaker cover. So to have special topics is fine, and I like the idea of having that. But with, it's not written in blood that that's what we have to do. And I'm sure the moderators made every effort to, for the people to understand that uh, they're not obligated to stick to the topic, especially if they're not comfortable with it. And as uh, uh, Dr. Hamilton said at the beginning of her lecture, is that uh, if you're not familiar with the topic that's up there, then you can go into whatever you want to go into. And eventually, eventually, Yahshua will cover the topics that we need to know in order to move us from this physical, weary, dreadful place and state and condition that the last speaker was talking about. And by the pattern and what we've come to understand and learn about this uh, vision and revelation given to our founder and dean that the first speaker or second speaker was talking about referring to is those are the things that will get you through, will allow us to cross over in righteousness and be resurrected at the instantaneous revelation of Yahshua Messiah in righteousness and for eternity to dwell with the righteous spirit of Yahweh Elohim and Yahshua the Messiah. So I'm glad to be here. Thank you for your attendance. Thank you for your participation to the members of visitors and things like that. And it's extremely encouraging that we're able to continue in these trying times to hold sessions that are meaningful and that people are getting something out of it because it is our life and we have to maintain it. That's the only way we can put one step in front of the other, one foot in front of the other. We have to have some strength and you will not find it in the world. So continue to be present and be diligent in your uh, times of listening to the class. And if you don't have anything to say, that's fine. But you do have something to gain from just being present in these sessions. That's so good night, everyone, and thank you very much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Lewis. And that does conclude our lecture for today's session. Once again, I want to thank all of our speakers and our prayer and our scripture readers. We do appreciate your attendance and your participation. We will continue our lecture on the green chart um, two weeks from today, in which Dr. Brandon Craig will cover the 12 cranial nerves. And we look forward to that. And once again, we hold our classes here every on Zoom every Tuesday and Thursday from 6.30 p.m. and set to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and on Sundays from 1.30 p.m. to 3.30 p.m.
we may we all bow in our hearts and minds for a moment of doxology to Yahweh and please stay on for a special announcement after. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our savior through Yahshua, the Messiah, our sovereign belong glory and majesty, dominion and power before all time now and ever. Let us all say hallelujah. <laughs> 